a twenty-five pounder. But, but I, I am, am a pounder. pounder. For Buster for Jones on podcast. Oh, oh, you're doing a gag. I was doing a bit, a gaff, oh. a goof, a gaff, a laugh and a half. Welcome to Podcats, the pod about cats. I am TV's Kevin Lanigan. That is Justin Germeroff. Hi, Justin Germeroff. Hey, everybody listening. Oh, what's up, all you out there in Podcats land? Are you ready for another uh, mind-numbing? Uh, genre-defying journey through the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats. As soon as Kevin announced uh, this project publicly, I immediately contacted him and called uh, this song. You were one of the first. You called your shot very early on. Um, I had a lot of people reach out at the very like beginning stages of this podcast, which is so weird for me. Because again, mm. normally I'm just like, dragging an unconscious man through the arctic wilderness on a sled you know what i mean like that's normally the process of me creating this one people were coming out of the woodwork you know memory was dibsed right away um rum tum tugger was dibsed right away uh and i i I will admit i was shocked when you came out and and called uh bustopher jones (laughs) right off the bat uh, this being a truly terrible piece of music. I, okay. I think oh, that uh, Buster uh, Jones is genuinely one of the most interesting characters in the show. Uh, that is interesting. And maybe you will, you will make me rebound on this guy. You know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you're the missing piece in this element of me, uh, not wanting to drop this cat in the sea. Uh, but we'll, we, you know, we'll, we'll circle back around to that. It doesn't yes. need to be all about yes. Bustopher let's, Jones. Let's rem- first, first remind everyone who Bustopher Jones is. Right, so in case you're not a cat's diehard, in case you're journeying along, uh, through this, uh, magic with me, in which case, uh, ugh, um, Bustopher Jones is the, uh, Mr. Creosote of, uh, the cat's universe. Yes. He is a, the, uh, a huge, the, uh, the, rich the John- cat. The John Falstaff of the show. Truly. He, although I would call Gus the theater cat maybe a little bit of the Falstaff as well. There are multiple Falstaffs running around throughout this show. Bustopher Jones, you know, he is always, he he looks like he's wearing a suit or he is wearing a suit. It's unclear. He is definitely wearing white spats. That, that, those that is... black dress shoes with the ankle high white, like, coverings. Yeah, comfort. They were literally just feet. to hide laces, right? Uh, but I did not. I had to look up what spats were. But, oh, okay. So I, I am explaining it for anyone else like me, the fashion completely unconscious, ah. the fashion comatose, who might not know what a spats is right off the bat. You sir are no Brummel. Uh, certainly not, and nor am I a Buster for Jones, um, who wears white spats, and he is also. Uh, remarkably, incredibly fat. fat yes. That is his him. other big character yeah. trait. Folks, He's a 25-pounder. He is fat. The song refers to him as fat many times. He is a fat cat. But unfortunately, unlike Mr. Creosote, there is no point at which he uh, stuffs himself to literal bursting. Uh, God, I wish that cat would have swallowed just one more dinner mint and exploded. But no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid Bustopher Jones makes it out of this show alive and well. Mm, he does. In fact, he 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 leaves as he comes, happy as can be. 
For sure. Now, Justin. Yes. Um, while Bustopher Jones does indeed amble through life, I don't know if you would describe yourself as ambulant. What is your history, if any, with the uh, cats as an institution? Oh, I saw it at uh, the St. Louis Muni in, like, 2005. I was just talking with uh, girlfriend Tina about this, that they played the Muni, and for uh, this is a very St. Louis local podcast a lot of the time. For anyone not familiar, the Muni is like a huge outdoor yeah, an amphitheater venue. An open-air theater with, like, thousands of seats, and the whole back shelving area is... Um, the, 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 the free seats that anyone can walk into. It's just kind of a first come first serve thing. Um, you have the free seats. So instead of the groundlings, you have like the rafterlings. Um, and it, the sky the, children, the Muni is best served and runs track in musicals that offend no, no one. one. Oh yeah. Um, they the do Muni, the hits. They do the Oklahomas, they do the Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, they do the Thoroughly Modern Millies, and I'm not dissing these shows, they do the shows that Grandpa and your five-year-old nephew alike can all go yeah. see and be fine. And when the, and every so often, every couple years, they'll bust out one, they'll bust out a Miss Saigon, they'll bust out a... Uh, a show that's a little bit more racy. A show that a sh they they'll do a Chicago every few years. Pirates and of Penzance. Pirate uh, Pirates of Although Pirates of Penzance is like a little non traditional, but there's not it's not hugely objectionable. Yeah. Um, but the outcry when this happens will be so forceful that they won't do it again for another five years. Like they you will not see Chicago up there then. And remembering that that venue had cats. I, can you tell me about this show? Because I bet it was insufferable. I enjoyed it, honestly. I thought it was... Like, here's the thing. I was in fifth grade when I saw it, so I didn't really have much awareness of, like, source of, like, what story structure was, what characters were really supposed to be, or anything like that. I just said, oh, this is kind of a cool collection of songs. Sure. And that's it. <laughs> I mean that that is it. That is what Cats is. It's is like it purpose. is It is a series of character introductions and your enjoyment of that is just determinant on yeah. how much you enjoy those characters. Where do you remember like where you were sitting? No. Do you remember the night? You don't remember anything? No, I you don't. I just remember that like, into, I, I remember some of the stone. songs and some of like the classic costumes and like set pieces. Sure. I mean, you know, paint paint is a word picture if you feel so inclined. What was the, what was our backdrop like? What were the what quality were our costumes at? Because the Muni usually has like a pretty good. You oh, know, yeah. I saw Young oh, yeah. Frankenstein, no, the and they had a really good production value. The Muni is a little controversial in the St. Louis theater scene because they get like real. They import their talent. Like they get professional Broadway talent for the major parts, and yeah. then all the backup is local. Like, I don't, so, like, it it looked like Cats, you know, it looked like the show you can see on YouTube, where, you know, it's just big piles of junk. Right, yeah, big and, trash cans. Yeah, big trash so cans. Like, oh, the cats, they're, like, they're so small. Yeah and, yeah, and all the props are just, like, repurposed trash. It, what, it didn't, it, it's the Muni, it didn't 
do any fresh takes on cats. No, like, it didn't. It all didn't the costumes look cats. like the like look like the costumes they've always used. Okay, okay. I mean, that's yeah, that's fair. I was I was just curious because yeah, the beauty will bus in good talent from all over the country. Um, we'll really like they'll they'll stick them on a turnip truck and drive them in. Um, and so I remember, like Young Frankenstein in particular, the guy that played the monster. That's just his full time job. Is he goes around the country playing the monster in Young Frankenstein from venue to venue to venue? Because when you're a six and a half foot song and dance man yeah your 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 repertoire is limited and so too is limited the casting options for the monster in young frankenstein yeah no it's very hard to find you know a six foot six triple threat yeah and this guy has just cornered that market and now he goes around same thing with the joe from showboat the the guy who sings old man river like if you're joe from showboat you just hop around the country and you just sing that song, the song that you were born to sing. Um, it's a very lazy part. There's no like big dance numbers in it. You're an old man who sits around singing about a river. Yep. And you can just you can just hop, skip, and jump across this great nation. Not a bad way to make a living, oh, I say. Oh, not at all, especially in your twilight years. Exactly. You know, kids are probably out of the house and you can you can just like go on, go see the sights. Go take in this this our country's rich tapestry this this big big old quilt that we yeah. call america all right right, right. but most importantly i I, th- I think kevin i think we kind of lost uh, we lost the track a little bit because uh we need to... <laughs> no i wanted We're... to i wanted to yes. get your impression of cats because this is a yeah. show about cats, cats is as a, a yeah, whole it's that it, that it is what it is and you are you are the first guest who has seen a live production of Cats. Yes. So I just really? I wanted to I wanted to get in what you what your take on okay. it was. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to Yeah. This this show, yes, we are focusing on like mm. a song or a particular event okay. every every episode, but I wanted to get uh, I want I want this to be about cats as a cultural institution, okay? Because it is so uniquely strange. Because it is so uh, such an odd mm-hmm. face on the Mount Rushmore of Broadway theater, um, where it undeniably is oh, like yeah, it, it is was... one of the biggest shows in the history of theater as a medium. Yeah, I but think, it being uh... so strange and divisive, I think just makes it. Something that needs to be discussed. It's well, it's so clearly a passion project. Like Weber first wrote it when he wrote the play when he was fifteen. He first come, he first put the, he first created the tunes when he was a teenager. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. He he always loved the poems. So when he was a kid and uh, yeah, when he was younger, he just wrote them. And then later, when he was established, was like when he was established, um, you know, musician guy, he decided to actually. Do the damn project. That's interesting. That kind of throws a wrench into my great unifying theory of cats is that it is uh, the the blood that runs through its veins is liquid cocaine. That does throw a bit of a wrench into my theory. Because I maybe this fifteen year old, the, this pre this pubescent boy was doing you know, mountains of cocaine, but that does that that 
that changes my view of the show. Well, yeah, because the show, it, it's set to nonsense, a popular kid's poetry book. Like, that's what it is. And right. So, and so, yeah, of course, of course he made this in, like, what, the 80s? So, of course there was cocaine involved. Okay, okay, good, good, good. I'm just, uh, you know, because he probably, like, took those tunes and he touched them up and he yeah. punched them up and, like, reorchestrated them. Um, which, again, follows my unified theory of cocaine mm. because every song in this show changes its musical tune, like, three times. Oh, no. They... I think the childhood project you put the, the project you threw together as a teenager and then just polished up makes a lot more sense because it's so disorganized because it doesn't have structure or anything like his other shows do. It's just like, oh, I'll just pick this up and then just send it in without actually like caring about the flow of it. I, I yeah, I suppose. So this is Have you read any of the stories you wrote when you were a teenager? <laughs> No, oh, listen, bud. Yeah, now, now imagine taking that or one of the scripts you wrote and then yeah, taking dude, it I got... and deciding, okay, I'm going to realize this without really changing it. We're going to make it as is. Yeah, yeah, if we bust it out, I have a big red binder in my apartment full of like a 300-page script that I wrote in middle school a raunchy comedy called The Rough Track. Oh, that's he- um, that sounds healthy. And- it features a bunch of like wholesale ripoffs of other of other uh, uh, movies and TV shows. It it it's just every joke that I could think mm-hmm. of at the age of fourteen. Yeah. Um. And I have a one day it's sitting there. And if I ever need to do, if I'm ever famous enough to do like a twenty four hour charity live stream, a a read through of that script sight unseen is indeed on the agenda um right if i decided to like not even really touch that up and Mm -hmm. just film it it would seem like i an adult man was doing a a frankly catastrophic amount of cocaine so I, i agree i i see what you're saying and honestly i feel like as it came around i think the character that andrew lloyd weber when he realized this related to the most was Bustafer. You think so? You think uh, he's the little aristocratic chubby boy? Yes. No, yeah, That's, no. I don't know a lot about like a, Andrew his Lord, dad, but... Yeah, his dad was like a tenured music professor mm. at, a, um, at a prestigious English college. And um, Weber was, and, um, and Andrew Lloyd was a music prodigy. Like, he went to really nice music schools growing up. And now, really, the irony is that like uh, you, you, um, you either die a Scrimbleshanks or you live long enough to become the Bustifer. Because Andrew Lloyd Webber is now the richest musician in England, and like he used richer to... than Sir Elton, richer oh, he, than uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah, he beat him out this year. What? Yeah. Is it just the endless? Phantoms restaging. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Because lo- Lord knows Starlight Express isn't ringing in the money. Or right, geez, that's the not, musical. I mean, right. Uh, although, like, Starlight Express, I got my eyes on you, buddy. Like, let's let's make it happen, uh, Starlight Express. Um, really, even more than, like, I guess Andrew Lloyd makes the vast, vast majority of the cat's money. Mm-hmm. Whereas even though Elton has that Lion King money coming in and obviously yes. like a a catalog of classic songs that are constantly in rotation. 
he's still splitting those profits in a big bad way. Right. But uh, ALW is taking in all that cat's cash. Oh, yeah. Let's all that bat cats. How much is he made? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, yeah he is currently worth uh, $1.06 billion. That's too many dollars. Yeah. That's no, too to... many. Yeah, he used to be in the um, British government, like in the House of Lords. Like he wore the, like, the wig? The top hat, yeah. He wore the top hat and the wig? Yeah. Huh. No, he, he was basically the British equivalent of, like, a senator. Huh. Like a Republican senator. And he voted maybe five, he was a senator, like, he was in the House of Lords, for like 10 years, maybe longer. And he voted about five times, mostly for like tax reduction. <laughs> this yeah. is, why didn't I have you on to just to talk about ALW? It's because you just have a, a burning well, passion for no, Bustopher no, no. Jones. Because Bustopher, no, it's because that's the thing. Bustopher Jones is a great vessel to talk about Andrew Lloyd Webber and his relation to class dynamics. Because he's literally just a stupidly rich man who does nonsense stories truly like, I mean, that they, are not challenging that his story is he doesn't do anything that is really that different but it's but it's stupidly profitable yeah so he he does not do uh musicals that really well okay jesus christ superstar is his musical that has since become like commonplace but mm is still often a very controversial mm -hmm. musical. Like real like in in circles of uh, uh the church. Uh, Godspell fair. is the one that has been wrapped in to mm -hmm. the to the church and like that is a perfectly quote unquote respectable um musical. Jesus Christ Superstar being the crazy hippie <laughs> judas focused uh production that it is mm -hmm. um is still that is his most controversial work and i would That's like fair. to to take a real look at um jesus christ superstar at some point and that, really that, like that's fair no that that's yeah. totally fair yeah uh but otherwise mm -hmm. beyond that your yes he is a very like phantom of the opera is a mom musical mm -hmm. um starlight Cats, yeah. Starlight yeah. Express is Thomas and the Tank Engine fan fiction. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Evita. Like, mm. it's all... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all... Uh, it, Jeeves they, the these shows, Yeah, these... Jeeves? Jeeves, like... Booster like a butler? Jeeves. Yeah. He wrote a musical adaptation of the Jeeves stories. The what stories? <laughs> oh, you know the name Jeeves? Like the like the like, generic name, that's, the generic name for a butler. Yeah, that's from a very popular series of short stories. Oh, called huh. Woos, yeah about yeah um, they're British about this guy named Wooster, and uh, he has a butler named Jeeves. There um, at one point there they were a TV show starring um Stephen fry and hugh and laurie, hugh laurie. In those roles yeah i didn't i didn't realize that that was them putting on uh, like their production of like amelia bedelia yeah. i didn't realize that that was their equivalent of super fudge oh like, no, no 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 the um those jeeves stories are for adults 
they're, like it's about oh. you know the foibles of the upper class and you know <laughs> the dreaded you know the dreaded elderly aunt who won't leave you alone and you know the one brother you have that's a, and the brother you have that's a burnout and gambles all the money away huh that kind of thing <laughs> yeah um speak and because kind of turn around one of the the gentleman club that Wooster goes at the fictional one the drones is referenced in the Bustafer song. Right, because the Bustafer song, I feel, is pretty incomprehensible if you don't have a basic working knowledge of the British upper crust. Yeah, if it you're is not song, British. It, dro- it drops, it's one of these cat songs that makes you feel fucking insane if you're not looking at the <laughs> lyrics while you're, while you're hearing it, because you're like, what is anybody saying? And why are they saying it like I should know what the fuck they're talking yeah, oh, about? Oh, do you not know what it means to for there to be spring in Pall Mall? Do you not know where St. James Street is? Yeah, oh, he's the toast of St. James. Like, Saint how James do I not? St. James is, uh, is, is where all the uh, biggest gentlemen clubs in London are. I see. Gentlemen clubs being... Not as in strip clubs, but right. like basically a frat house for adults. Gotcha. Right, right, right. It's it's a an Elks Lodge or where did yeah. where did Fred and Barney used to go hang out? You know what I mean? Oh no, it, no, it, it's exactly that, but for explicitly the rich. Like, well, what was the name of Fred and Barney's little club? It's gonna bother me if we it had they had the big hats. Uh, Fred Flintstone, uh, Barney Rubble, uh, club, uh, like an Elks club, but it was. Oh, I'm sorry, Justin. I've completely derailed this with the Flintstones. Ah, the Water Buffalo. It was the Buffalo. Thank you. All right. They were the Fraternal Order of the Water Buffalo. <laughs> Listen, the people demand to know. Yeah. So while you were looking that up, uh, folks, sorry. Um, My dog took the cable that connected <laughs> the, my microphone to my computer, so I had to chase it down to get that back. And uh, so you guys don't realize, uh, while... Kevin was looking up water buffalo. I was screaming water buffalo to vent my rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just water buffalo! Uh, just impotently yelling into yes. the void about the water yes. buffalo. Uh, I thought you were so mad about my Flintstones detour that you refused to speak to me. No, no! I was trying to answer the question, god damn it. I gotcha. No, no, no. Should have uh, got a cat. Should have got a yeah. cat. Oh, um, God. Yeah, you're right. Um, no, I'm but, with you. Uh, yeah, but yes, so uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, a, yes. he, he does a lot of shows. He did a Sunset Boulevard adaptation. Of yeah. course, his most recent work is School of Rock, based on the 2003 film starring Jack Are Black. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, he did the music for the musical School of Rock. Okay. I mean, you but know, it's good. It's. It, I mean, it is what it is. You know, yeah. it's a it's a crowd pleaser. I think it's closing, but it ran for like you know three or four years. That's a pretty good yeah. streak. Um, you really just need to get a good like Dewey Finn in there, and then you're you're raring to go. Uh, one of the the creative director of UCB Hell's Kitchen, uh, has done the role of Dewey Finn many times. I believe he closed out the the Broadway. Oh, Broadway Are show. You fucking kidding me. So apparently the um. This is just a horrible fucking coincidence that Hit the uh, the gentleman's club that Andrew Lloyd Webber belongs to is called the Saville Club. Uh, I'm going to need you to explain to me why that's weird. Uh, 
Uh, it, the name predates the man, but Jimmy Savile was a very powerful music producer in England. Uh, like, you know, he was the producer for the Beatles. He was, And he actually had a kid's show called Jim Will Fix It, where it was like a Make-A-Wish show. He'll go to kids with cancer and, like, you know, get him a dinosaur fossil or whatever. Sure. And it turned out he was a, a repentant pedophile. <sighs> well, um, at least he's With, like, major protections from the BBC and Margaret Thatcher's government. <sighs> All right, we're making a we're we're taking a left directly out of this conversation. We are yeah. we are we are turning our foot pedaled stone car yes. right so, back over to the drive-in movie theater. Yes, um, and Watch this is as good jokes. a time as any. Yes, please let's dive into the song so we can please get out of this horrible spiral. <laughs> so, Bustopher Jones um, is you know he's a, he's a, an aristocratic cat. He's, of mm. course, a very fat cat, uh, which the cats from Cats are about to explain to you right yes. now. Very high production value on this show, because I'm always playing it out of my phone speaker. <laughs> Jones is not skin and bones. In fact, he's remarkably fat. All right, right off the fucking bat. That is... Very. That is my least favorite kind of song lyric is what? like you mean he's the one, like the one that just uh, that that like cuts all the nuance and metaphor out just, just speaks plain just absolutely drills out any subtlety and in fact sets itself up for a lack of subtlety like yeah. if i sang a song and i'm like i'm not a good boy in fact, I'd call me a bad boy. And you're you like that. You have accomplished nothing. You've taken two lines to accomplish one line. Fuck off. You have to remember this is ver. This song is literally just the poem written by T. S. Eliot. I know, and he can bite music. me too. T. S. Eliot can lick on my balls. All right. You've taken two lines to express what one line could have. And unless it's a joke, that's not okay. <laughs> you've just, you've goofed it up right off the bat. We are 17 <laughs> seconds in. He does not he has eight or nine clubs. For he is the St. James' cat. that means something to you. Okay, Justin, I have yes, I have questions because Such this as? is where the universe of cats starts to fall apart, right? Mm-hmm. Because okay, so the, in the universe of cats, we are in we are on the streets of London, right? And yes. we are from the perspective of cats, but this is not a world run by cats. No, these it's are the lives are of just... our cats. Yes, the lie, the 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 secret life of cat of cats. Yeah, the secret life of cats coming soon to Illumination Entertainment or whatever the fuck. But they are not describing a a pattern of his fur. This cat is wearing a suit. Yeah. <laughs> this cat yes. 
is wearing, wearing a coat a... and tails. Oh, I, I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm, what he already has a tail. metaphor and nuancing your cat's poem? I I do demand some because it starts to make so like you're already you know we we already walked some dicey territory here where like McCavity is wearing like a dusty trench coat uh, and, and a big hat. Like we we already take some liberties here with the the cat's question vis-a-vis clothes skimble shanks just wears a fucking suit he but, just wears a railman suit but but yes yeah, see these are the points where it's, it's starts, almost like it's shorthand to show he works on trains i know but why is the cat wearing a suit did the people put him in the suit did he pick it's, out the suit for himself and he just wears it's it to no. show that he has taste to show that he is, that he take that he takes care of himself and his appearance more than your typical cat. I know he's aristocratic, Justin, but why is the cat wearing people clothes? Oh no no, it's not just that he's aristocratic. Like I would argue that there are plenty, plenty of aristoc- of people born into wealth and power who look like shit. And just do not take care of themselves. For sure. You got a real uh, Zuckerberg billionaire trend going on exactly. right now. Exactly. His have fuck you, you Jack, flip-flops. Etc. Have you seen Jack Dorsey? He doesn't eat, and it's bad for him. Yeah. It, well, Jack Dorsey is just like, oh, Twitter has ruined my brain. I'm going to go meditate in a hut. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, going to go exactly. to a yurt somewhere. Yeah. He, fa- he, he does week-long fasts. That's not good for you. No. Take that, religion. Um, no. We're, we we love uh, religion on this show. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, yes. It, I just, it, it makes me angry. Because it makes me have to think deeper about the cat's universe than I feel like I should. Okay, that's fair. Is Brommel? Okay, stop this. I, 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 I can explain this. Is Brommel of cats? Bo- yeah, Bo Brommel was Jesus. basically the guy who invented dandyism. I he see. Was, so he was the original fop. Yeah. No. Exactly. He was a guy. Yeah. He was a guy who was who like you know right out of private school uh, joined the military, but he joined like the officer group that was like notorious. That had, like, notoriously high-quality uniforms and food. And then uh, his dad died, and he got a big inheritance. So he said, fuck that. And then he left, and he quit. And just lived by himself, um, spending stupid amounts of money on clothes. Um, like, he, like the concept of, like, the fro- like the suit and tie... Uh-huh. That's goes, him. Like, as a look, goes back to him. That's like Bo Rommel, baby. Yeah, he got rid of the fashion of the knee trousers, where, like, you know, the knee breeches, or they stop at the knee. And he thought, like, wouldn't it be wild if your pants just went down to your shoes? And he Whoa. just did that. He made that <laughs> What if we didn't wear knickers, dude? Yeah. he Yeah, he made that fashionable among the British elite. And uh, then he got really into gambling, um, and then got so in debt, he ran away to France and died in an insane asylum. I mean, but in, that's in how we England, all want to go. In, in England, his name is synonymous with, like, good taste, like, high-quality yeah. taste. Yeah. 
Um, I see. Okay, so the Brahmel, you know, he's he's the trendsetter, he's the yeah. tastemaker. Um, yes. yes. Uh, while I'm while I have uh, rap genius open for Bustopher Jones, um, I love the genius page for for this because it highlights words like blimps, and they're like, uh, "Blimps may actually be a pun on Bustopher Jones's weight," <laughs> and you're like, "Thanks." Yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't get that one on my own. <laughs> anyway. We're all honored. We love yeah. this fat. People like Bustafer. That's the thing. He's well liked. Yeah. And we're all of us <laughs> oh, this is the best part. In the show, it's when he sits down on a giant top hat. Again, more inside British systems. Yep. Schools, they be private and expensive. Yeah, we get it, he's fat. So this, he, he, all right, I want to, I want to, cats be eaten. I want to talk about a couple things real fast. Yeah. So number one, we are listening to the British version, the original London cast recording, because the American cast recording, the guy playing Bustopher Jones is incomprehensible. He has put so much vibrato on his low opera voice. You cannot <laughs> ascertain a word he is saying. He it is, is maddening. to the character. It is maddening. I am furious trying to listen to it. I, I think we're, we're finding on this show so far that the London cast recording is the way to go on the Cats mm. soundtrack. There are several songs that are just grossly improved on that version, including this one, where, again, you can understand what he's saying. But also, so this is how Bustopher Jones sings, the low, resonant, yeah. uh, Pavarotti kind of voice. A voice that is, dare I say, rich. Of, of, yeah, a voice that has a deep, rich texture, just like Bustopher Jones's fucking gut. Counterpoint, what the fuck is James Corden doing in this part? This okay. is not his vocal range. No, also, quick thing. Here's the thing. Bustopher Jones is refined. He looks good. He takes care of himself. He, like, he's incredibly discerning about stuff, and he likes nice things. That's yeah. his character. Why does the suit look like shit on James Corden? It looks like a frumpy, rumpled, weird suit. Everyone, look up pictures. Go watch that trailer again. We know Why you got a fucking bookmark. Why does he spit bookmark. food on the white cat? These are the questions. I think they're taking Bustopher Jones in a bold, new, let's eat the rich, fuck yeah. the 1% direction. I, I guess, but here's where the thing. Here's the thing. Cats can't own the means of production. Cats can't be rich. The Cats whole can't. metaphor falls apart when you apply it to a being that doesn't understand money. <laughs> a, a being that has no sense of economics, that no. does not earn a regular paycheck. Okay, but no, these he just goes to nice. He he just likes nice things, so he goes to the places with the nice food. 
Right. I think that's we're. All he does. I think we're in for a real Mr. Creosote uh, uh, situation with uh, the the 2019 version of Bustopher Jones. Justin, I have further questions about the universe of cats. So this cat is always at restaurants. Did his rich yeah. owner bring him? No, are they putting out curry for this the, weird... That's not in the story. That's not it, in the are... source material. That's nothing. He's just a cat who likes nice things. And but that's it. He... But no, like in this song, he is always dining at yeah. different fancy restaurants. Are they putting it out back? Oh, they like. They don't, they don't go into it. It's just, they just take it on faith that, oh, he likes food from fancy places. These are the things that I need to know. You this cat is to. eating curry. What? How Who did the cat get like curry? curry? How Everyone did the cat get curry. it? How did he get it? Why do you what? need everything explained to you? I want a lore bible, okay, for cats. I want the Silmarillion of the cats we, universe. You, you can't you can't just take a cinnamon sins approach, you know, uh how do they explain this uh musical sin ding? You can't do that here. It's really weird that the little girl in pixels that her lemonade stand jar is full of quarters, right? And you're like fuck off! But I, 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 and in this case, I do need some things explained. I am frequently seen at the gate stages, which is famous for winkles and Okay, well, so winkles I'm, I'm are, uh, are, are shellfish. Okay, I, but I'm guessing stage and screen is the name of a different eating club. establishment yeah it's not a, it's a gentleman's club he is not always seeing plays and movies and winkles and shrimps are not like words no. for gay men no no winkle is not a euphemism it's literally it's not, just a kind of seafood. it wasn't it wasn't the original twink all right fine no We're just, it's just a list of restaurants. It's just, yeah, it's just where he goes to eat. I go to Arby's to get a roast beef. This only came up because of the rhyme. See, what, what is great about the later shows is they do put a little gong whenever he says the word Siamese. Oh, that's gross. The smartest of names. Okay, so we're about to... We're getting to what I continually find frustrating about Cats as a musical. Mm -hmm. Is that these songs are long. Yes. And they feel long. This is a four-minute song. And I feel like, you know, we we get it. Like, we get the point. We get what this cat is all about. And the music never changes enough. Not even in like a like a key change, yeah, to make it musically interesting for four minutes. Mm -hmm. 
and we are just repeating the same information at nauseum. And it's it's because I'm going through song after song of this. It's really affecting my mental well being. We're like, we get it. It's like staring at the same blank wall for hours on end. It's just the sameness drives you mad. It's like when you've been orientated at a new job and say, like, every form is done in the same way, but they still have to walk you through every form and you just want to die. That is the feeling that I get from from listening to cats again more than any human being ever should. All right, we're almost done. We got a minute left. You think it's gonna change? Yep. Exact same. It's the exact same. <laughs> it's maybe like half a step faster. Also, but it doesn't. It doesn't I, I do, build do to like anything. The, um, it doesn't go anywhere. No, you good. Or I am a bounder. I love it. She's like, oh yeah, says you, fatty. <laughs> we great, we did. See, see here, here's the thing though. One of the highlights of uh, the scene in in the stage play is the fact that Buzzford Jones walks around with a, just a giant spoon, and during uh, and he'll like look into it and like his twirl his mu- mustache and you know. Mm. Check his suit and everything. And then during the last, like, Buster for Jones wears white at the end, he takes his spoon and swings it like a golf club. (laughs) Charming. Yeah, and he's kind of like, oh, where'd the ball go? And that's just kind of how his character closes. And the fact that this comes after, this song comes after Grisabella, the most tragic uh, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> the most right. Tragic, so it's its like full of pathos character is such fucking whiplash. Right. In its in its placement in the show, it comes after a real fucking downer. Yeah. Um and then there's a couple like uh up and comer the Bustopher Jones and then Mungo Jerry coming soon mm. to this podcast. It, it those are a couple of like uppers, they're fun, they're they're dancey, they're weird. And then you get to old Deuteronomy which is one of the most bizarre cats in the entire production. Folks, is tr- folks he old. Folks, uh, she old. Uh, folks, uh, old Deuteronomy, uh, uh, been around since ancient Egypt. Folks, <laughs> folks, folks, he has a lot of illegitimate kids. Folks, they're all old. Keeps outliving his own ch- Folks, um... It is, yeah, so it, it's it's placement in the show, because we are not doing these songs in order. No. We are doing them at, at, a, at a weird pace, just based on who wants to cover what song, basically. Nor are we doing them in order of importance, because the second episode was Gus the Theater Cat. <laughs> closing thoughts on Bustopher Jones. Here's the thing. 
I genuinely think Bustopher Jones is a misunderstood character because, like I said, he's not he, he's not rich. Cats can't have money, but he likes nice things, and everyone likes and respects him for that. And I think that's just kind of a nice sentiment for diversity in a cat-based environment. Sure, he he is he has the trappings of the aesthetics of, of the the, rich. the aesthetics of the rich, the trappings of the rich, but he just none sort of, of none, he likes he, to play yeah. at being rich. He has none of the crime that requires you to that you need exactly. to become. Rich. He is not a sociopathic crook like every other rich person. Exactly. Musically, I hate the song. <laughs> I can't hate Buster for Jones the cat. No. I, I, I can't hold this against him. I'm going to hate um, James Corden in the musical so goddamn Oh my much. god, I am going to I, loathe this I can this barely cat. stand him to begin with. That's what I'm saying. And I've had people, since the original uh, tearing down of James Corden at, in the first episode of this show, mm -hmm. I have had multiple people say, Huh, like you said you don't like James Corden, and now I don't like James Corden? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You never liked no. James Corden. You just kind of went along with it. Yeah. You just kind of... He started happening, and you, you just started going along with it. You just Not really thinking about said, it. Oh, look, another talk show host. Until someone told you that you don't like him, and you're like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> right. What is he bringing to the part? And he replaced... Craig Ferguson, mm -hmm. my favorite talk show host of all time. Like, he, who was just dripping with, like, personality, who had no budget on his show and had to, like, he had no band leader, he had nothing, and had to just do it all himself. Hold on. And, yes? James Corden is the Andrew, is the Andrew Lloyd Webber of talk show hosts. I want to hear you elaborate on this. Stupidly high budget. A lot of stuff that is high concept, but not smart, and rarely, if ever, challenging. Whoa. Just... And he rakes in the fucking money. He's talented. He's a very talented man. It's, a, it's But undeniable. he doesn't do anything with it. He's, like, he, he's objectively talented. Yeah. Did you see but about he's the never going he great. Yeah, he's never doing anything really impressive. He's uh -uh. sort of coasting at this aggressively mid-level yeah. of 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 quality, and he's uh -huh. fine doing that. And I guess that doesn't that's there's nothing wrong with that. No, you no, know, like dude's good making for money you if and, you can yeah. make that work. But he is just he's fine. Grew he's the kid. Who's just like, I can pull a B minus in most classes and that's fine with me. And he could be a straight A student, but he refuses to apply himself. Although, also, when you're a talk show host, you can't do much besides that. You say that, but we see people that do incredible things with the form. Mm -hmm. uh, Conan in his prime, Letterman in yeah. his prime. Oh, no, no. I don't think he should have ever been a talk show host. I right. think he should have been doing other stuff. Like just what other... would you? Oh, he like he should be like, like, oh, like he should be acting, singing, dancing, all that stuff. Like he's a brilliant performer. He's just not very. I just don't think he's especially funny on his own. 
Like, he's kind of charming, but he's not, like, laugh-out-loud funny. Yeah. He obviously really likes attention. I think talk show host is what he is best suited to do. That's fair. Like, That's fair. I, like I don't want him in movies. No? <laughs> I don't... No, like the, you know, Into the Woods, the Emoji movie, like, I'm not on Team James Corden movie star. Um, but I, I can get behind... Woods? He's the baker. What the fuck? He's, like, the lead. You know what I mean? Like, or I guess the baker's <laughs> wife is, like, the, he's, like, married to, like, Emily Blunt or something. You know, it's one of those oh, situations. That's so weird. He's, I mean, like, he is a good fit for that part. But the reason I don't want him acting is because, like, he filled that part, and it was nothing impressive. Like, he, did, he didn't do anything with it. You know what I mean? And in that same movie where you've got, like, Meryl Streep, or God help me, like, Johnny Depp, who were both, like, trying for something, um, James Corden just didn't do anything with it. I think he's fine as a talk show host, as, like, someone that you watch YouTube clips of... Someone who just, like, has turned... Is he... Li he's carpool karaoke. He Lip Sync yes, is yes, Fallon. Yes. Uh, he's carpool karaoke. Yeah, that's a perfectly innocuous thing. You know what I mean? Like, that is... He is the ultimate, like, tune-out, zone-out entertainment kind of guy. He's what and you I put think, on to fall asleep to at night. Right. I think a talk show host is his perfect form, which makes me very not excited for this... Bustafer Jones of it all because he's not going to do anything interesting. No. Bustafer Jones is, I think, a tricky character to play because you have to be rich, but in a way that doesn't bother you, and in fact, you think is endearing. Rich, not offensive, like completely inoffensive, just kind of a cat that loves to exist and he yeah. loves to eat and he likes nice things, and you hold no grudge against him. All the yeah. other cats like him. Yeah. And I think that in a movie, where we have Idris Elba and and Ian McKellen and and all of these other interesting Jason Derulo like they're they're all going to be having some weird take yeah on their cat there's going to be something that we're going to get out of them that we're not going to be able to get out of anybody else no the problem is is that James Corden gives me nothing that I couldn't get no. better from somebody else. Because the thing is that, like, Busford Jones is blank enough that you could do something interesting with him. Yeah, you could really turn the... I mean, like, God... Just make him know, a bon vivant like a bohemian. Just He just loves life. He's just a guy who loves life. All right, Justin. Yeah? So on this show, we like to speculate on who's getting the Academy Award nominations for this show because mm -hmm. they are going to happen. Yeah. And I called it a show. This movie. Um, and right now, I think money's on, like, McKellen or Dench or probably Jennifer Hudson. I feel like Jennifer Hudson is, like, smart money. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be Jennifer um, Hudson. It's smart money. I like dumb money. Yeah. But I won't put money... Well, actually, it is the Academy Awards who like to award aggressive mediocrity, so it might be James Corden. Oh, it won't. That's the thing. He's too mediocre even for the Academy. Right. It's just too nothing. It's too not a... So, mm -hmm. right now, here towards the end of the episode... Like, already the Academy won't like Cats because it's a weird musical. 
I think that we are all going to be shocked and Cats is going to walk out with, like, eight nominations. That's my current bid. Oh, it'll get nominated, um, definitely. It won't win anything. Best Picture, some technical stuff, yeah. probably Tom Hooper, and a couple performances. Yeah. Is uh, sound mixing or whatever, like, that kind of stuff. It'll get a, um, it'll get a Best Picture nod because it'll be one of the few, like, Best Picture movies that people will actually see. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big... I, I think this movie's going to be big business. Even just, like, the irony ticket by, mm-hmm. I think it's going to do some business. But oh, yeah. I want you to, right now, Justin, we're recasting. You know, we're Tom Hooper. We can cast anybody as Bustafer Jones. Oh. Um, I want to hear your pick. I have one, and he is a, a work of his has already come up on this podcast. I'm doing Jack Black. That's the thing. I want. I to, think this. Jack Black could fucking nail this. Just here's the thing. He's already an expressive enough guy that he could do it even under like makeup or heavy like CGI. You could always know it was Jack Black. Yeah, he would give you some incredible moves, some real vocal fuckery. He can sing. He can perform. He, he is yeah. one of the most charismatic actors of like. You know, the, the aughts. Yeah, he like, would, I, I would watch the fuck out of him play up, like, a guy who likes to pretend to be rich. Best of the Jones in white spirit. Yeah, he like, would have I, fun with it. James Corden doesn't know how to have fun with things authentically. I think he knows how to have fun with them, but his fun is just the most down-the-middle boring fun. Yeah. Jack Black... Is a unique force. I think we can say that definitively. Yes. Because we had a bunch of guys who tried to do the same thing in the wake of Jack Black. Who tried to be dollar store Jack Black. Mm-hmm. And it never worked. If it were that easy to be Jack Black, we would have like three of them. But we have one. We have the one. And now he is a Twitch streamer. Yeah, now he's now he's Jablinski gay. And you know what? Good for him. If he's happy, if he's like having fun with his kid, I just yeah. want good things for Jack Black. I want nothing but but joy for Jack Black. And I I think he's the I think he would have been the choice. Yeah. I don't know if he was ever on the list. I don't know if he was ever in consideration. But with a bullet, mm-hmm. it should have been him. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, um, oh. honestly, okay. I'll hit you with this. Uh, Melissa McCarthy could have done something really fun with this part. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have been a very different character. I think yeah. it probably would have been like kind of a gross version of Buster well, no, Jones. No. Who plays uh, Jenny Any Dots? Uh, the Gumby Cat. Uh, I, I don't know. Off from, the top of my head. Oh, from Pitch Perfect. What's her name? Oh, that's uh, Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson would have made a great Bustafer. Yeah, she could have done something fucking fun with that. Yeah, with that part. Um, she would have played up the comedy of it, but it would have been hysterical. Right. It would have been really funny and just like this really unique mm. comedic energy. Nick Frost. Or, um, Nick Frost would have been a good one. Oh God, Nick Frost. Would have been so fucking good, um, or uh, or 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 Jillian Bell from like Workaholics and Twenty Two Jump Street. You know yes. who I'm talking about? 
I don't know if half of these people can sing. Yeah. That's honestly not of consequence to me in this movie. B- Bustaford Jones like, is not a challenging... I, 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 really, I don't know this. I'm not a singer. I don't actually know the challenges of singing this character. If you're trying but, to hit those notes in that way, it could be a difficult yeah. uh, uh, way to swing. But they're already going to change it for James Corden, who yeah, cannot... Yeah, make it weird and high and uncharming. Right. And so if we're doing that already, any of the five actors we just... You know what? Fuck it. Josh Gad could have given you Josh something. Josh Gad would have been a, great. A toast of Broadway. Josh Gad, a, a musical theater veteran, could have given you something at least weird... You know, something interesting. Something that with... guy, there's a reason that he's still around. He would have made Bustopher Jones a character and not a caricature. Right. Uh, and, and Josh Gad, say whatever you will about him and like how much you personally like what he's bringing to the table. He has interesting spins on and he knows how to find the heart yeah. of like a weird loser character. And I'm not calling Buster Jones a weird loser, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. he there's a reason we like Olaf from Frozen. Like, there is a reason why we fell in love with Book of Mormon. And, like, he's a huge part of that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, it, no, no just, you're absolutely right. It's it's the, uh, it's the infuriating nature of the Corden. <laughs> right. Is that... It's like, the Corden problem. I, I hate him because he's given me no reason to hate him. But he's also given me no reason to love him. He's just no. nothing. He's just, he's room temperature water. And I want you to put some drops of Mio in there. Yeah. And I want to see what, even if the Mio tastes weird and you're like, well, I didn't expect this flavor. At least it's a flavor. They took one of the less popular songs and rather than anyone, rather than cast anyone who would make the song popular, they just cast someone who's already popular. Right. And I think this is my bathroom break song. I think this, like, when, when Bustopher Jones starts kicking up, I think this is when I go refill my popcorn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I want to, like, you know, I'll give it a chance. I'll see what he's bringing to the table. But, like, I... I don't see it. Also, Bustopher Jones does not... Uh, and I, I'm sorry, James Corden doesn't look good in the CGI. No, <laughs> he's bad. he's one of the people that, that made it out of that work. real rough. Yeah. The, the one who has it the worst, I think we can all agree, is Jennifer Hudson. I think she has it the absolute worst of anybody. But, he, yeah, he did not... He did not make it out of that very, very well. Here's the thing. With Jennifer, Jennifer Huston uh, plays um, the glamour cat. Grizabella. Yeah, Grizabella. That's one of the most important cats to the show. They I will would call make it sure. the most important yeah. cats. They should have been, who, is, who should be the main character, so, so to speak. Right. And it's, Essentially. They're going to clean her up. Like, they're going to make her look the best. Okay, I hope so. Because she's one of the only characters that has two songs. She has more than one song. And she has multiple songs about her yeah. as well. Like, she she is the, the most important cat just by 
any metric we can measure that, and obviously, like, spoilers, she wins the she cat goes to competition. Heaven. Yeah, she goes to cat heaven. Heaviside. Heaviside. Um, Jesus Christ. Um, like, she wins. Yeah. And, and I, I think we have a different POV cat, that, like, white ballerina cat yeah. um, is our, like, POV, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, you know, a new cat to the world, and mm. we get Shepard, like, whatever. Like, if you, yeah. they're, they're obviously messing with the DNA of cats. It, and um, it is clearly someone's big break, and good for her. Good for her. Like, they're, they're, they're changing some things about cats, the show, to probably make it work better as a movie. Mm. I can fully support that. That's fair. They tried, they, they were going to animate it once. Um, the team, the, the team who did Balto. Yeah, I think that is it. the correct decision. Yes. I think a 2D Aristocats style, uh, movie would have been the correct way to go. That was never going to happen. No. That would have been it, though. That would have, that would have yeah. been the correct way to do this. And just have it be fully 2D animated. Right. Um, but, I, you know, I guess we make do with what we got. We need to take cats seriously, damn it. These are serious times. <sighs> You're right. It's we not a to, silly. We need it's to not film an inherently cats silly fun With show. the grim aesthetic of fucking Schindler's List. Really, like, this is the most yeah. important work of a generation. Yeah, yeah no, and like fucking cats. Where's the fucking color? It should look fun. I think, okay, some of this looks really cool with, like, the neon and stuff yeah. like that. But it's a very, like, Blade Runner kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and that, that worries me. And it's Tom Hooper, who's, you know, King's Speech, which is fun, but, like, this is important. Les yeah. Mis, this is important. The Danish Girl, a crime of a film uh this is important and i i think that's his mode i think that's the only thing he can do yeah and but, that is a bad fit for cats yes good god give tyke they should have given this to taika watiti he would have should have given it to taika uh, uh edgar wright yeah. <laughs> could have fucking killed this um you know someone that's going to have some fun with this yeah that's going to, like, really turn it into a, a big uh, uh, to-do. A, a spectacle. It's a, a spectacle sp show. Let it be right. a spectacle. Right. And I don't Stop like... trying to make it look fucking beautiful. It's cats. It's not supposed make to it... look beautiful. Stop trying to make it look like Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, which is the vibe that I get. Oh. <laughs> Although this oh, already has a lot fuck. more color. Yeah. Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, the ugliest movie of all time? Washed out. The the worst looking film ever? Not that is not true. Patent. Well, yeah, no, that's fair. All those like straight to V shot on VHS movies do look yeah. worse. But okay, the worst big budget movie of all t looking big budget mm. movie. Certainly mm. the worst looking movie to ever make a billion dollars worldwide. That might be fair. You know, most of the Avengers movies are not beautiful, but, like, they're, they're fine. serviceable visually. Yeah. Uh, they're not an abomination to see. Oh, you don't like looking at the Tweedledums' tiny faces on their huge, oh, bald heads? Please stop. I know I'm, I, I know I brought this movie to the table, but please stop. <laughs> I can't. You don't like and watching Crispin a guy Glover's... with a giant chin, and you watch the chin fall off? Crispin Glover's, like head or like torso only and the legs are cgi stop yeah because he him have big legs he got big legs he's got big he's got such big legs 
The caterpillar. The Cheshire cat looked fine. Oh, yeah. Cheshire cat looked great. Um, uh, the caterpillar was fine. Got like a weird Alan Rickman face. Yep. <laughs> and then, I think that's kind of where it stopped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. The, the bloodhound or whatever looks mm. so, so bad. The dog. You know the dog I'm talking yeah, about. There yeah, was yeah. a dog. Sacha Baron Cohen's uh, clock man looked pretty good. Uh, that's the second one. Yeah. That's, that's, that's through the looking glass. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a clock man. Yeah. Well, that's different. It had a different director and stuff like that. Okay. As time. He was the personification of the concept of time. Justin. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to, you want these people to check out after our scintillating conversation? Obviously you and I, uh, for over a year now have been doing an RPG podcast Mm -hmm. called, uh, Jam, the Jive Action Nerds. Uh, it's a big, fun '70s RPG show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really you can jump on anywhere and you can do anything. It's a really fun show that we do with our pal Jacob. Um, uh, you should check it out. Yes, and also please, you and I check been, it out. Yeah, and you all, you and I have been doing an improv and sketch for show called the Puff Publishing yeah, Podcast. With, with that, uh, yeah, for uh, three years now, we've been releasing. <laughs> Episodes, episodes from a marathon year and a half recording session. They don't need to know that. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. But it is it, it for every month on the top of the month you get uh, thirty more minutes of bizarre improv comedy. Nonsense, literal nonsense. Absolute nonsense. But I think it's fun nonsense. That Ever occasionally... wondered what the uh, what the Property Brothers would be like if their names were different and they were incestual twins? Yeah. Have you ever wondered? You know. Uh, what would and Jane Austen be like if she in was a podcast a... about authors? Yeah, we got lots of questions. You ever wondered, you know, what if Jane Austen was a horrible uh, cocaine and sex addict? Who if Mark Twain were a horrible public racist? Um, you know, uh, we we do go on, and I I hope you check it out. The what Pop if Pop Victor Pop Hugo podcast. was fat? What if? What if Victor Hugo was the Bustopher Jones of the podcast world? Um, anything else, Justin? You, uh, you wanna, can follow you me on check Twitter at, uh, Squidical Inking. That's... It's, it's like critical thinking, but, but with squids inking. and inking. Yeah, yes. squidical inking. <laughs> and of course, I am TV's Kevin Lanigan in all the places, uh, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. If you like this show, you want to, you want it to keep coming out at a good clip, uh, that is the best way to support me. And you can also check out my, uh, short stories from The Cola Wars, a bloody conflict between two soda giants. Uh, on that Patreon, but for free for everybody, or uh, at checkoffsgunman.wordpress.com. Please check follow out those Kevin, short or he won't let me out of the content mine. Yep, you, Justin, I am endlessly mining all of your creative energies uh, for my own selfish ends. I am, I, I, for, for I am the mule in the treadmill that pulls his uh, carts full of content. And the carrot in front of it is nothing? <laughs> Friendship. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I must hurry for my curry. I hate you. Nothing so distressing as to watch some fine old war horse battling gamely onward as he heeds the bugle call. Equally depressing to see my old retainer Lunging downwards, lemming like to his decline and fall. 
Sorry to say it's happened Jeeves has gone past his peak Sad to say he's had his day He's like an old antique with mental woodworm Once he was like a razor Sharper than mustard without the crest There's no denying right now Jeeves is a mess All that old grey matter That he keeps beneath his bowler Crumbling like old cheddar As his evening turns to night Intellectual sparring Is now simply quite beyond him Throwing in the mental tower He's given up the fight Once when we played a chess game There wasn't much reward I would find that I'd resign Before I'd set out the board he the gambits watching him do the crossword, crossword causing his parker to blow a fuse and whilst he solved it like that he'd read the news where are they now who would steer us through life men who have spared us the
This has been a Talkback Podcast.